Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Hi everybody, welcome back. I have a very special guest today. This is Caroline, and I am very excited to get to chat with her and hear her story. Um, I've just been so blessed to hear everybody's story, so I'm really excited to get to hear yours, and I will let you introduce yourself. Okay, great. Thank you for having me. My name is Caroline. I'm 20 years old. I'm from Boston, Mass., and should I go into my diagnosis story? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I was diagnosed when I was two and a half in June of 2002, and I was having frequent ear infections, sinus infections, I think even like cold and strep throat, and I had, I was very lucky, I had an amazing ENT who advocated for me, and he reached out to my pediatrician, who was also amazing, he was married to a geneticist, so he picked up on, um, I have a high arched palate and I, I used to have like this fold in my face. And so that was one of the things he picked up on as well. So I was then sent to genetic testing and I found out that I have Turner syndrome. Wow, that is very cool that <laughs> he was married to a geneticist. So he must have had just a wealth of knowledge there to pull from. Yeah, he's amazing. I was diagnosed with seriatic arthritis when I was 14. And I went, my doctor's office was a clinic. So I went to the clinic and I saw a different doctor. And she didn't pick up on arthritis at first. But I went back a couple of months later because I had a swollen knee. And he picked up on it right away. He's like, I see there's a history of arthritis in your family. And so I was very lucky to have him in my life. That's awesome. So were you, when you were diagnosed, um, were you classic or mosaic? Mosaic. Okay. Okay. So, wow, two. So did you go through any growth hormone treatments? I did. So I went to, I went through a few different endocrinologists, but my first one didn't want to start me on growth hormone at first because both of my parents are really tall. My mom's like 5'11", my dad's 6'4", and now I have two brothers that are 6'5". So... Um, she's like, she's going to be tall. She doesn't need anything. And um, my parents, again, I'm very lucky to have all these people in my life. My mom's a nurse. So she's like, that just doesn't sound right. So we got a second opinion and I started when I was eight years old. Okay. So what was that like? Did you, did you ever do the shots yourself? Yeah. So at first, one of the things that was holding us back from starting the shots was I was really nervous that it would hurt because I was like seven. Mm-hmm. But I remember going into 
the hospital just for training and how to do the shot. And I was so relieved that it didn't hurt. And then I started doing them by myself probably around the time I was like 12, a few years into it, but yeah. Okay. So how long were you on the growth hormones? Probably around 16. Okay. Okay. So what would you say is the biggest way that Turner syndrome has impacted your life? Um, I think just the mental aspect of it all. Um, It's been quite the journey trying to accept who I am. There's always the question of who would I be without Turner syndrome? And as I've gotten older, I've realized that I'm glad that I have Turner syndrome because I've met some incredible people along the way. And I went to a summer camp and I met some amazing people through that and they're my best friends. So that's something I'm really thankful for. And then also I'm interested in healthcare and I feel like I would be a better healthcare professional because of the empathy that I've learned to have through my condition as well. So, yeah. That's awesome. So was it a summer camp specifically for girls with Turners? Yes, it was. That's amazing. What was it called? So I went to two different ones. They were both in Boston, just because it was closer to my house. Uh, One of them is called the National Turner Syndrome Camp. And now I believe it's in LA. And the one that I went to for a few years was called the Boston International Turner Syndrome Summit. So they're both great. That's awesome. So how many times did you go? I think three years total. Okay. Is there an age range you have to be? Yeah, I think it's for teenagers, which I think is great. It's 13 through 19. Okay, that's awesome. I work at a camp, so I, I can really appreciate how that would feel if it was a camp specifically for girls with turners. That's awesome. Yeah, I wish I found it earlier. I started when I was like 15. So to have that earlier, but I'm so blessed to have had that opportunity, you know? Yeah. And camp just always seems to create amazing friendships that last far beyond being at camp. So that's always amazing as far as the community around you. Yeah. I love summer camp. I I worked at a summer camp too. So I love just like the environment, but my community is really amazing. It's really not a camp though, in a way, like when you're going to these programs, like you're really entering into a community, like we all talk like throughout the whole year, you know, I talk to even some of my counselors, you know, uh, we're all friends on Instagram and everything like that. So it's really cool. I've traveled. I've been to Wisconsin to see some of my friends from camp. So that's really cool. 
That's awesome. So has your community within like finding others with Turner syndrome, has that been mostly in person or online for you? Um, a little bit of both now. I have joined Facebook groups too. And um, I found you on YouTube. So I'm trying to like not be afraid when I see people like you and to reach out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something I'd recommend to people listening is to not be afraid to reach out and get the support that you need. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like that's one thing, especially because online it can feel a little more daunting than in person. I feel like it's harder to get a gauge for how interested people are going to be in interacting. I don't know. Um, there's just something very unique about finding a community online, but it has been an incredible blessing for me um, to be able to when I didn't really have many resources for it before. So I love it. <laughs> Did you... Did you have some of that starting from pretty young or was that as you got older? No, I really didn't meet anybody until I was went to camp for the first time and that really inspired me to to go. I was really nervous because I don't know if you have this, but on like the pamphlets and stuff that you get when you're diagnosed, like my mom kept them and I don't know if this sounds like mean, but like they just, they didn't, like the girls in the pamphlets, they're like naked people and like they don't make these people look really like approachable, you know? Yeah. So I was really nervous. Yeah, it's the same thing with Googling. Right. It, it makes it look so scary. Yeah. I tell like my friends when I first tell them that I have Turner syndrome, I tell them not to Google it. That's, yeah, that's smart. Because <laughs> there's so much out there and there's so much that you need context to really understand. Um, one of the stories my mom tells from when I was diagnosed was the doctor showing her these pictures in this medical like textbook, I think. And he said, but she's not going to look like that. And it was those scary, weird pictures that you find on Google. And they're like, well, what is she going to look like? Like, what are we supposed to expect then? And I just feel like there's not that great of representation out there in Google. (laughs) No. Yeah. So what would you say is your biggest lesson that you've learned from having Turner syndrome? Hmm. I think I'm still learning it, but advocating for myself with doctors is really what I've been working on. Um, Like I mentioned with the whole arthritis, I, I would say it was a pretty traumatic experience. I went for my yearly physical and I told the doctor I'd been having knee pain for months 
And she didn't even really look at me. She's like, I'll look at your knee during the physical exam. And my mom had left the room. She's like, she didn't even really look at it. And so that was my first experience, really bringing something to the doctor's attention. So. Yeah, that's important. That's an important one, especially as I feel like more recently, I've noticed more and more new, like, this might sound weird, but fresh out of college doctors are going into endocrinology and not that that's bad, but there's a learning curve that you have in the beginning and especially with something that's so not as well known as Turner's. Um, it's, I don't know, I've run into so much more of that lately of like having to explain things. Right. And I feel like, I don't know, I'd be curious to hear your experience with endocrinologists because I feel like endocrinologists are, I've been through, I think four. I'm happy with the one that I have now. I just, I went through like two pediatrics and now like two adults, but they're chemists. And so I feel like they're not like super personable people. Yeah, it's definitely a very particular specialty. Um, I have had actually more adult endos than I had pediatric. I was very, very lucky to be able to stay with the same pediatric endo until I was actually till I was 21 because she had had me since I was 12. So they let her keep me beyond 18. Um, and I really loved her. So we were happy about that. Um, she was awesome. As an adult has been when I've run into more, I've had to push back a little more. Um, I've had my moments of having to, uh, like where I'll say something doesn't feel right with my medicine and I've had that brushed aside and they'll kind of like, she kind of looked at me like, okay. And I'm like, no, really. I'm doing this for most of my life. I understand what this is supposed to feel like. This isn't right. Um, but I think in general, endocrinology, endocrinology covers more than just turners. It also covers um, thyroid problems in general. It covers diabetes. It covers other, just the endocrine system in general. Mm -hmm. um, so if you get somebody that's super into and really well knowledgeable about turners, they're amazing. Or even just somebody super interested in that particular area of hormones, they can be amazing. Um, you do run the risk of that not being something they are, like, it's still hit and miss. It's a little less hit and miss with endos than with a, like, general practitioner as far as how well they'll understand things, but there is a, a dynamic of if it's something they're super into or not, because otherwise them being up on the research, them being up on understanding how it all works and what you would need is a little more 50-50. You gotta kind of feel that 
particular doctor out. Um, I do think if you have certain things that you're wanting to work on that are super specific, it's more than worth going to see an endo. Um, I know there are a lot of women that don't go see endos and their GP is able to handle everything. Um, for being able to look at hormones, I've really liked having my endo, especially one that I work really well with. Like I've switched a couple of times and I found one that I really, really like. And I really like, it's a partnership and I enjoy working with her in that way. And if you can find that, I, I think it's amazing. And they have access within their community to so many other people that are maybe in that research. Like I had one endo that she was talking to doctors that were doing hormone replacement therapy research and had all of these different regimens that they were trying and everything. And she was super into it. She was like, I want to try whatever you want to try. And it was awesome. Um, so if you have that, it's really great. I do think you do, they, you are right. They are more focused on the science rather than a relationship sometimes, depending on who the doctor is. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I think turn it into endocrinology. If you have one, it's such an important doctor for Turner syndrome patients. And there aren't many other doctors that they would see that would necessarily address uh, like all of the aspects of Turner syndrome or necessarily understand the condition of Turner syndrome. And so I'm also like really into advocating for mental health care too. And I just have been thinking about it a lot recently and I realized in the 20 years that I've had of being a patient and my doctors knowing all my medical history, I've never been asked, you know, mentally, how are you coping with things? I've had to advocate for myself on my own to get the help that I need mentally, which is really rough because you wouldn't necessarily want to ask for help, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think mental health in general is a hugely underestimated aspect of our health. Um, and I think even in Turner's, it's, it's the school side of things they look at. It's the learning side of things instead of the learning emotional tools for how to navigate all of that and I completely agree. That's why I really like when insurance covers mental health because I think it's super important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a public health major. And so just like learning all the ins and outs of insurance companies too, it's so interesting. And yet at the same time, so frustrating because a lot of them are just not good. Like they're like the United States medical system is just trying to make money compared to like other countries like Canada and stuff. So it's been really interesting, like learning about like the different countries and how they go about things too. 
Have you seen a major difference in looking at how they function for how they might work for somebody with Turner syndrome? Well, I learned in a bunch of my classes that a lot of countries don't pretty much charge anything for going to the doctors. Granted, they pay a lot in taxes, but it would probably benefit people with Turner syndrome because they wouldn't have to pay for all of their co-pays and everything that they would need for the different specialties and everything, you know? Yeah, I've always found it a little scary navigating health insurance <laughs> having Turner syndrome. I've been very lucky so far in my life, but that is definitely a very unique aspect of having it because you kind of you can't really go without it. Right. I know. I'm lucky I can stay on my parents' insurance till I'm 26. So, yes. That is that was a huge blessing and um I am curious always what shifts in our healthcare system might look like for somebody with Turner's, but everything I hear sounds positive as far as keeping like coverage for pre-existing conditions and things like that. Yeah, that's what I think I've learned too in my classes. They're trying to get better, you know, which is good. Yeah. So what made you interested in medical, the medical industry? Was it having Turner syndrome? Did that play a part in it? Um, well, I, at first I wanted to be a nurse. My grandmother's a nurse and then my mom became a nurse when I was around like seven or eight. And so just, and then I have aunts and cousins, all of whom are nurses. So I went to college as a nursing major and I realized that I don't think what I want to do is nursing. Just the, I feel like I could make a better impact to having more time with patients. So I'm a public health major and my minor is social work. So I'm not completely sure if that's what I want to do yet, but uh, I have an interest in working with people who have not just Turner syndrome, but chronic illness as well, um, and helping them to cope with that. So really like looking at holistic care is like what I need, just because I feel like doctors don't really touch upon it. It's all just so like looking at lab work and exam physical exams and things like that you know yeah that's awesome and that really is hitting on the relationship part that you were talking about yeah I mean there's just so much help that people need in the healthcare system like they need so much more than just a doctor you know um there's just not enough time. They don't, there's not enough doctors and there's not enough time. So. Yeah. I feel like that's part of just in general, a lot of our systems are just overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. 
not enough people, too many people needing help. Yeah. So what would you say physically has been your biggest struggle with Turner's? Physically? Yes. Um, well, I think my arthritis has been really hard to deal with. And I do correlate that with Turner's syndrome because autoimmune stuff is more common. And I didn't even realize how much of a journey that I was going to be on when I was diagnosed because of my experience with Turner's syndrome. I thought that it was just going to be, I take medicine and I'm going to feel better, but that's really not the case with arthritis. It's a moving target constantly. So that's been really difficult to manage, but learning how I've been really working on like learning how to cope with my men mental health because if I'm stressed, that's when my body tends to flare and I'm working on eating healthier as hard as that may be. But yeah. 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 That's a tough one, especially when it's something, I don't know, there's something about it also coming from family background that it's like, it hits you even harder. Yeah. I know. I've had a couple of things with me that I get from both. So it's kind of a toss up of whether I would have had it or not anyways. But um, yeah, I always find those are the most interesting things I deal with. Mm -hmm. Was there anything else like that that you also had in your family background? Uh, my thyroid, actually. I have hypothyroid. That's been pretty difficult as well. Uh, fatigue is really hard to deal with too. I think joint pain, you know, you could take some time and all, but arthritis and the Hashimoto's like combined just make me super tired. And there's not really anything you can take for that, you know? Yeah. A lot of the autoimmune type stuff is, it really is just resting and giving it time. Yeah. And it's hard to give yourself permission to do that too. You know, you feel like I should be doing schoolwork and going to work and all that stuff. Yeah, I tend to do that to myself with sleep and <laughs> rest in general. And then I wake up not feeling great and I wonder why. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's a product of I need more sleep. <laughs> but yeah, that's... That's an interesting, and I feel like that's a common struggle with all of the different things of Turner's is just, it really is about being intentional with taking care of yourself. And then if you do, it's easier to stay on top of. And then when you get off of it, it's like, feels like a big hill to climb to get back up. Right. Yeah. And I try to keep in mind too, that, you know, I might want to get work done, but if I don't get sleep, my work's not going to be done to yeah. the best of my ability and that kind of thing, you know? Yes, definitely. So for being diagnosed at two, did you always know? Did they, did your parents tell you from the very beginning? Um, pretty early. I don't think they told me it too. Um, I think I remember 
I was very upset because I didn't want to go to the doctors and get my blood done. And they kind of like told me, my mom told me in sort of steps. So I was around five and she told me that that's the reason why I have <clears throat> hearing loss. And she told me that that's why I'm pretty short. And then from there around like middle school, that's when I found out that I couldn't have children and that kind of thing. Like it's just, a, it makes sense. Like I think that's how it should be done. You wouldn't want to tell like a five-year-old that they can't have children, but yeah. Yes. Yeah, that is, that is really cool kind of just layer by layer peeling it back because it is a lot to handle. Yeah, it is a lot to accept too, I think. Yeah. I'm not completely there yet with everything, but I'm working on that every day too, you know. Yeah, I feel like it's a journey rather than a destination with accepting even, you know, because so much of it can still be a what if. What if this changes? What if that happens? And just a, a level of needing to adapt your expectations, expectations so much that it's going to be a journey. I say that all the time about infertility, but really there's a whole lot that that can apply to. Yeah. It is a blessing and a curse because in some ways, you're, you know that life is unpredictable. And I think that that's a quality that we have. We're just grateful to even just be alive. But, you know, also, I think a lot of my anxiety is health related too. It's like, what's that, you know, twinge that I'm feeling? Is that, you know, that kind of thing. And fertility is a huge thing too. You know, it's more the mental side of that for me right now. I am 20 and not wanting to have a family just yet, but I do think about it like all the time. And I see, you know, family members with babies and things like that too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and even while you're going through the physical side of it for infertility, it's always a mental game with yourself of giving yourself permission to embrace something you never expected things to look like and keeping a much more open mind and adapting. Yeah, something that's helped me with fertility is while I may not have like the normal experience of carrying a child and all that, I think the experience maybe adopting is such a cool one. I, I like looking at different adoption stories. I heard one where the birth mom is also involved with the child, which sounds hard, but if you think about it, you're just like being involved in such a special way with a whole family and you're also helping a child that is yours. So I think it's a cool experience that we get to have too, you know. Yes, it's such a beautiful story that we get to be a part of. And it doesn't look 
traditional. It doesn't look like the normal way of building your family, but man, there's something really beautiful about it still. Yeah. And it's nice that it's special. I like being different sometimes, you know? Yeah. The unique stories that we get to help write is really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. I think embracing that has probably been the biggest lesson I've learned in my adult life with Turner's. That's an important lesson. Yes. And one that sometimes you have to be reminded of a lot, but it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think that was everything I had. Was there anything that we didn't touch on that you would want to share? No, thank you for this opportunity to yeah. share my experience. It was really nice. Yeah, thank you so much for wanting to come on and talk. It was awesome to get to hear your story and chat a little bit. Um, I've just been super blessed by being able to hear your story. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Don't forget, you can find the video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brooktv. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.